The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Welcome to Living Well. This is Ann Beal, and I have anger and stress specialist Dr. Jim Slaughter here with me today to help you prepare for a wonderful holiday season with your family. Now it is the beginning of November. We want you to think ahead to prepare for the stress that comes with the holidays. And if you are the one who gets irritated, frustrated, annoyed, or you have people like that around you at the holidays, we want you to actually prepare for those moments so that you can come up with alternatives for anger and stress management so you can have time to prepare. Right, Dr. Slaughter? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And what a great time to, um, to talk about this universal human emotion that often is dark. It doesn't have to be, but usually it is. And um, the stress that comes with holiday, family interactions, um, or just the stress of expenses and whatever it may be, maybe the change in the weather, who knows? But uh, anger is a is something that kind of lives with us in the holiday season. And um, we want to talk about how to get rid of it today, or at least to, to pare it down a little bit. Well, and I know that we have had shows on stress management before, mm-hmm. and you have been on talking about um, stress management, managing stress on the body. Uh, and so if you go back to the previous shows, we've done those. And I had the English sisters Zugo from Rome, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because their name's English sisters, um, talking about their book, Stress-Free in Three Minutes. And I had an 83-year-old Brooklyn professor um, on calling uh, everyone to deal with stress. She says she can teach you stress-free in three seconds. So we had her on changing to a positive mindset right, right. and lengthening your lifeline. So stress management is so important. But what we haven't done is to teach you what to do with the anger that's built up over time because of stress. And there is a lot of stress over the holidays. And when families get together with all those personalities, we always say all the dysfunctions in the same room. And so, <laughs> you know, we want you to be able to know what to do with that so it doesn't happen. Right? Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, we, I mentioned before that uh, anger is an emotion that we all feel at one time or another. Uh, everybody experiences it. And it's not so much that we will never be angry again after we learn some steps to help. But we know how to deal with it better. We know how to, to, to keep it at bay. We know how far to go with it. At least we have an idea about that. And it takes practice. But people can get really good at uh, taking care of their anger. And I don't know if this is the time or not, but there's a. I wanted to mention for our listeners that there's a wide spectrum of anger. Uh, it, it starts in places that we wouldn't 
normally think are anger, but it would be like uh, frustration. We say, I, I was just frustrated. I wasn't mad. I was just frustrated. Well, that's a form of anger, really. Or I was irritated or I was aggravated or what, you know, those terms. Uh, we, we try to minimize the feelings that we have by saying that. And um, the truth is, those are forms of anger. Uh, it might progress to what we would really call, you know, real heated anger or maybe hostility or maybe even rage. But there's this wide spectrum, and it's very important to be aware of what we're feeling at any given time about our anger. Well, and what's interesting about people is often people can start out being pleasers and passive as when they're younger, and then over time their needs are not being met, and their needs are not being met, and they defer, they, you know, uh, give and give and give. And then over time that bitterness and resentment builds up. And so a person that used to be, when they grew up, this laid-back, sweet, passive person comes home for the holidays or gets together with family, and they're just so frustrated. And it does take away from the joy. Because right now with the weather, everyone's thinking about, oh, cool fall and fireplaces and, you know, Thanksgiving and family and, oh, Christmas. And so, you know, and then if they think deeply about it, they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go there or go here. But we want you to be able to channel Mm-hmm. really channel and be able to release that anger, be able to channel it to help you, not harm you. Right, right. And that's exactly right. We uh, And pleasers or sometimes uh, that kind of personality is called uh, approval seekers, that kind of thing. And uh, it's not particularly bad or good. There are both sides of that. But we're particularly vulnerable to anger, especially anger outbursts. And the reason is that we take we give and give and give and give and give. We feel like we never get anything back. You know, people take advantage of us. Those are the feelings that kind of build up inside. And we eventually begin to harbor a lot of resentment towards uh, people and towards even, even towards God or towards the events in our lives. We just become resentful people unless we're able to talk about what we're feeling and what we want. We, want to, we, we don't want to be passive. We don't want to be aggressive. We want to be in the middle. We want to be assertive people, which is a very positive way to be. And so when we're that way, we learn to talk about what we're thinking and feeling in a, in a healthy way, then we, we kind of divert any kind of anger outbursts. Ahead of time, if you can do that, because a lot of people go, I don't want to do that at home when I go home, or I don't want to do that with a bunch of people. And so, you know, part of it is understanding, really, it's a different perception of anger, understanding your anger. Um, And so we're going to take you through that so that whatever level you have, irritated, frustrated, annoyed, whatever level that is, you can really minimize that and maybe even release it completely so Mm -hmm. that you can have the holiday season you always hope for, always look forward to, and then it sneaks up on you and it gets very stressful. So I know one of the things you're going to talk about is the cost mm-hmm. of anger. Well, it's important to be, to be aware of that. The anger is it, it 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 costs us dearly in ways that often we don't think about. Uh, relationships might be the primary thing that uh, comes to mind to me. That usually we, uh, we, if we're people who are characterized by anger, especially intense anger, we're going to drive people away. We're going to run them off people eventually won't want to be with us. And so whether they're family or friends or whatever, children, parents, uh, they're going to go away. 
And so we, we lose. It costs us relationships. It might cost us our job if we explode uh, on, the, on, the wor- or on the workforce or in the workforce or, or on the job. And you uh, have a lot of men that come to you for that. I mean, we do have women, too. But mostly you get um, from companies men sent to you that have really hit a wall mm-hmm. and, and have done something um, mm, inappropriate yeah. on the work uh, on the work in the workplace, right, right? And so, which is usually where people are able to keep it away from, you know. And so, you know, we've had people that have been sent because they've hit a wall and done that, um, right? I've had people, you know, tell me <laughs> uh, uh, the human resources department told me if I don't come and see you and get get this better, uh, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And it's really what's interesting is they meet with you and within. Eight weeks, ten weeks, they're back doing great. Yeah, they've all. They, everybody who's come to me like that has gotten gotten better, you know. And it's because they become more aware of uh, what anger looks like, what it feels like. In fact, awareness is the first step, and that's one of the reasons we want to talk about it today in preparation for the holidays. It, it, being aware of what it feels like. If I said that we used to live yeah, at, when we had the ranch, we we had there were a lot of trains out there. We mm-hmm. had to. Uh, stop and wait for a train sometimes and when you're late for an appointment it's kind of uh, irritating aggravating to have to sit and wait for that train and so when I know that that when I'm irritated or aggravated because I have to sit and wait for a train to pass I, I that I'm getting angry that that's actually angry then I know I can do something about that I need to do something about that and it does um the cost of anger one of the main costs can be family dysfunction mm-hmm. um, and really for the holidays a loss of enjoyment of the holidays or fracturing family relationships mm-hmm. and you whittle these people out of your life slowly <laughs> until it <laughs> yeah. narrows down to hardly anyone and so um, it can be the health which we talked about before in you know previous shows about mm-hmm. what it can do to, to your health right um, and so I think that if you think of a person in your past that has really paid a big cost for their anger. Um, those people would be someone I'd like you to think about to think why you don't want to be like that. And we all have things in our past. You know, I've had times when my family did not enjoy me, right? And um, even going home. I mean, with the politics over the last 10 years or, you know, whatever, um, people have gotten more and more. Um, frustrated with each other, um, outwardly irritated. And so a lot more families have been separated by that. Um, And so the cost can be pretty severe. Yeah, people have even endangered their li- their own lives because of their anger. They drive recklessly. <laughs> they resort to uh, uh, unhealthy kinds of coping devices. Uh, they'll hit something. They'll hit someone, get in a fight, whatever. Sometimes legal problems develop. There's so many costs, and we don't think about that until it gets to the point where we've got to think about that and do something about our anger. So, yeah. Okay. So what about the... Uh the uh, payoffs of anger. Because <laughs> there are. Well, you know, anger does have uh, some sense of payoff, too. And I have my uh, clients who come in and, and, and need help with anger. We, we go through the costs of anger, and I have them write out what it has cost them. And uh, it's usually a revelation to them how much they've had to pay for their own anger. But on the other hand, they've also, there, there are some uh, payoffs like, for example, sometimes if we blow up, if we explode, there's this immediate sense of relief 
because I, it's like the old adage, I got it off my chest, you know? Yeah. I don't have to deal with that right now. Or there's a burden that seems like <laughs> has been lifted because I blurted it out, I shouted it out, or I, you know, whatever. I think that people right now with Donald Trump, and, yeah. and there are some others too that are being, you know, they're angry. And, and so they just say what, you know, and it's a little extreme what they say, but I think people have longed to hear people just say how stupid things are, right? Or sure. how stupid a lot of this politically correct stuff, you know, and so we've all kind of longed to hear somebody just go, that is so stupid on live TV in front of everyone, or you're asking such stupid questions, and they're angry. And so I think that that's kind of for us transference and that we, you know, a lot of people have, you know, their poll numbers have gone up because people relate to that. They want to say that. So it's like a, a group society feeling of anger. And so they just, they relate to that. And so there are payoffs. And I think that definitely in the media, they use it sensationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and people listen more if you're loud. Now, eventually people tune you out. But um, Well, see, that's another payoff, though, because if, 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 you can, if you can yell loud enough, speak loud enough, be offensive enough, you get people's attention. That's a payoff. It is a payoff. They're listening to you. Mm-hmm. They may not like what you say, but mm-hmm. you got their attention, right? So that can be a payoff. Another payoff is that uh, often if you, if you are confrontive enough and uh, try to dominate or dominate. Scary. <laughs> yes, you get scary, <laughs> right? Then often you can get people to do what you want them to. And this is this often is the case with parents and children. You know, if right. a parent can scream loud enough or count to, you know, don't make me count to three, you know, that kind of thing, then then often their kids will do what they want them to do, even if they're dragging their heels while they do it. But know, eventually so. they, they grow bigger and they're not as afraid and then they lose respect. And so that's part of the cost, right? And so no one wants to have a holiday season like that right. where they're having to put fear in people to get them to do what they want, or to have people tune them out, not pay attention to them. Right, and let me just say about those anger payoffs, they're false payoffs, because they're only temporary payoffs. They only last for a little while, and then they're Mm -hmm. gone, and then the situation's worse, and, you know, relationships begin to deteriorate even further, and all of that happens. And so the payoffs that we may feel in the beginning when we get really angry and lose it, they go away. Well, and the other thing that I found... From my, of course, not my personal experience, but yes, my personal <laughs> right, experience. Right. Not you. No. Over time was that, you know, when I was nine, I had never, I had been so passive at 19. It's the first time I ever blew up. And I remember um, thinking, gosh, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Right. And it lasted, I mean, over probably um, a year mm-hmm. where I was just saying what I thought and I couldn't hold back. And it was so strange. And my whole family was like, what? It's happening to her. But one of the things that I found is that if I blew up, I lost. Because uh. people would um, look at me like, and it didn't, it, what I found is it didn't matter what they did that led up to that. Mm. You know, they could have done something. They could have teased me. They could have been irritating. They could have whatever. But the minute I blew up, it became all about me. And it was, there she goes again. She's got such an anger problem. Oh, she's so angry. She's so, you know, women get told they're crazy or whatever. And kids, kids, if with parents who, you know, are more, they aren't consistent. You know, they just let things go, like let it go, and they let it go, and then they blow because they've let it go so long. They finally just blow up. Well, kids, because you hadn't gotten mad about it yesterday or last week or whatever, then you blow 
they don't think what they did was wrong because you didn't mind it the last few times. So it must be that you're just angry or crazy or you had a bad day. (laughs) And so when you blow, and this is the one thing I learned, you have so much more power when you stay calm. Right. And you, because you can think clearer and you don't actually lose when there is a loss, once you blow, that people look at you like whatever. Right, and what happens is that uh, you know people people two things they lose respect for you when you blow, when you you know lose it with them, but then also um, they have an excuse if you know they can they can turn it around and make it about you rather than something they may have done that they need to consider. Okay, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so go ahead. Uh, let me just say that uh, we talked about, I mentioned the word awareness, you know. So going into the holidays, if we're going to Little Rock, Arkansas or someplace or wherever you're going to go for the holidays to meet up with family, being aware of the likelihood of something happening that might cause some form of anger in you, yes. being aware of that as you go and preparing for that, that's one of the reasons we're talking about this today. So we can prepare for that. And awareness is the first step. What am I going to do when I start feeling you know, these things coming up inside, this, these feelings of stress, and then the beginning of anger? What am I going to do about that? So that's, that's what we want to talk about. Okay. So you actually know when people are starting to get that way you want them to know to be able to identify it when they feel it whether it be immense stress I mean people can not believe they're angry you know that's why and I think it's funny that we have stress management and we have anger management women tend to go for stress management men (laughs) men tend to be sent for anger management and yet they're very similar they're siblings Yes. They're in the same family. They, they go together. They're arm in arm, stress and anger. And one thing I didn't say, too, is that anger never appears just on its own. It comes from other dark emotions. It can come from fear. When we get afraid, we get angry. When we get feel betrayed, we get angry. When we feel uh, disappointed, we get angry. And so those other dark emotions create this sense or make it worse, the sense of anger in us, and they drive it. And so there's always something else going on. And I tend to do that with fear. Mm. And I think that you have picked up on that. If I'm mm, not being lovely, okay, it's usually because somehow you've caused me to feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, that is the strange thing that I came to see is that for me, anger is secondary to fear. Mm -hmm. It's a secondary emotion um, when I get afraid and I mean intense fear, you know, and so it's, you know, you have triggers that may cause that. And um, so, you know, other people, it can be could be being hurt. demeaned or hurt. Yeah, right? it's a hurt. You're hurt, uh-huh. um, either physically. <laughs> you stub your toe. I've heard so many people say funny things. <laughs> no, but, that's true, um, though. That's true. That's a form of, yeah. Physical yeah. pain can mm-hmm. do it. Sure. It, um, and but emotional pain. So usually if someone is angry with you, you have hurt them. And so if you just address the fact that you hurt, just, you know, and who knows? Because part of it is you may not have meant to hurt them or you may have, if you had done it to anyone else, it may not have hurt them. But somehow you've hurt this person. And so to address that, I am so sorry I hurt you um, and realize because anger is secondary. It's different than any other emotion. It's very interesting that way. It takes us over as much as any other emotion that we have, maybe more. Uh, we we find ourselves almost incapable of uh, when when we get the, when the anger level gets intense enough, we feel almost you know, it's almost impossible. We feel for us to get out of that. 
So it's, it's a serious uh, issue to deal with, and uh, holidays make it worse. Yes. Well, and I have people who will say, oh, I dread the holidays because I've got to decorate and I've got to do this and all the family's coming in. And I have. And so immediately they identify the holidays with immense stress, work, time. And I, I love the holidays. So I'm sitting there thinking that is so sad that you can't just relax and enjoy, but they feel so much pressure. Yeah, they feel obligated to perform in a certain way at a certain level, and that's a stress that we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's. what if we put up half the decorations? What if we cook half the food? What if we did this or that or something else in, in such a schedule and in such a manner that we could manage it better? You know? Unless someone else have the family to their house. Yeah, sure. You know, and that's one of the, is there's people that they feel obligated. Well, we always do it at my house. And I go, well, that's a great reason to let another person have it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so for you... You have pillars of health that we talked about. We actually did um, uh, earlier in the year a talk on the four pillar pillars of health, mm-hmm. and they are. Well, I'm going to just very briefly. Um, one pillar is exercise. Uh, there's nothing that beats stress or takes care of anger better than uh, re- than burning up adrenaline. That's what causes it in the first place. The trigger starts shooting adrenaline into our system, along with other chemicals, and we feel this anger rising up. The stress is there, and if we can get rid of the adrenaline, often, almost always, we can at least reduce the stress and the anger. So exercise. And now they're saying not so much aerobic exercise is the best thing for us, but a, a moderate kind of exercise, but frequent, continuous kind of lifestyle of exercise like that. Well, and if they, and one of the things about exercise is it helps get out what you're feeling today, but it also helps get out the previous adrenaline um, that's built up in there, mm-hmm. causing anger. And right. so. Exercising now, whether it be just walking, spending 10 minutes on the treadmill, mm-hmm. you know, turning on a YouTube video and doing some yoga, whatever, for just even 10 minutes, you're going to be getting rid of some of that adrenaline that's built up, maybe even from last holiday mm-hmm. um, or from last week or last month, because right. you can go into the holidays with all of this built up over the year and, you know, it comes out with your family instead of, so exercising now ahead of time before that to get a lot of that stress out. Yeah, and what happens is your body, uh, it, it, it kind of absorbs, like you said, the benefits of the exercise so that it kind of lingers, it continues, yes. so that even when you're not exercising, your body still burns adrenaline because of the results, of the benefit to that exercise. So can, you know, kind of a lifestyle of that can be very helpful, but you're right, it can, we can take care of some of that by exercising now. And if you're a football player, you can just run at somebody and take them out, right? <laughs> That's right. Or, well, <laughs> honestly, you know, in appropriate situations, knocking somebody down is a good thing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the cool thing. I have four <laughs> brothers, and they could do that. And so I pretended I was a boy and played football with them, right? Um, and I really hated that girls couldn't do that, right? And I think now they can. But I always thought it was so cool. They can just run at somebody and tackle them. Girls don't get to do that. And so for me, karate, karate bag, um, mm-hmm. anything like that, you know. Um, right. That's a good point. Yeah. Kick kickboxing, mm-hmm. you know, they have a lot of cool things that you can get on YouTube to look at. Or Tai Chi. <laughs> you can pretty serious Management. now with that stuff, well, that's you know, but that's good. That's good. Um, anything like that. So it's fun. If you start working now and thinking about it now, I know sleep because I didn't get sleep last night. Yeah, sleep is another pillar of health that um, most people find it hard to achieve uh, a good, uh, good lifestyle with. 
Um, I think more people have a hard time getting enough sleep and rest today than I've ever known that yes. happening before. And uh, people are on edge. People are, uh, their lives are filled with stress and they dread going to the office. They dread being with their coworkers or whatever. They dread facing the, uh, the regimen. coming home because of the stress. Well, right, yeah. Right. And, then, and then there's that too, the, the other uh, end of that. Because work, but, you know, work has, fun, you know, it has a job description. You can go and do work. It's the same every day or basically the same. And so over the years, you get really good at that. Home is not that way. Relationships. No, that's, that's ex- you know, that's really, really true. I, you know, I, I found so many guys will say, hey, I am, I do, I am so good at, at work, but I'm lousy at home. Well, they, you know. and so they avoid it in a way. I mean, you know, it's procrastinating and avoiding. Right. And so, but at the exercise, if you do it early in the day, um, definitely don't do it right before bed because you'll have trouble sleeping. No, right. But if you do it a few hours before bed, at least a couple hours before bed. Um, we have a hot tub, and so I found that having going in the hot tub a couple hours before sleep or even an hour before, not right before, such a wonderful, relaxing thing. Um, what else would be helpful? Well, you know, um, one of the things that we recommend is is not <laughs> uh, engaging in, in um exercises or, or activities that stimulate your, your brain, real high stimulation, like watching a, an intense mystery movie or murder, murder mystery thing. Or uh, looking at pills or looking at your bank account. Yeah, right. Things like that are, you know, they'll, they'll send you off the charts. Looking at your tax bill. Yeah. Anything like that. Yeah. That would, you know, it depends. Um, whatever stresses you out. Well, see, and what that, what that does is it starts the adrenaline flowing, right? And that's what causes the stress, and that's what causes our anger, and that's what causes our fear, and, you know, those are all related. And that's exactly right. Because sleep is fragile nowadays. I mean, with the amount of stress that people have and their inability to cope with it because of their lack of exercise and their lack of a healthy diet um, and their lack of not watching stressful TV or news all the time or things Mm -hmm. like that. um, We know a lot more about the world than definitely. I mean, when I was a kid, I never knew what was going on in another country. I mean, Mm -hmm. you just didn't know. And so a lot of horrible things people hear now that, you know, you didn't used to, so you could sleep soundly. Um, And it just depends what upsets you. But um, definitely try to get some relaxing time, whatever relaxes you before Mm -hmm. sleep, some downtime. Some people read, you know. Some people just chat with their spouse or whoever, you know, and then then get some sleep, and and that works. Well, and... um, you know, lavender candles. Um, what yeah, other scents? Essential oils. Uh, Vanilla can help with that. Yes, yeah. essential lavender. oils can do that. Yeah. Um, very relaxing, and Young Living and Longevity have lots of different kinds for rest to really calm your body so you can sleep. Music, relaxing music, can do it. Relaxing music. <laughs> right, right. And so, doing things like that, and there are apps on your phone or computer for sleep. And so you can download those apps for free. They have many free ones that work. And listen to that to put yourself asleep. One of them that we've given out to our clients a lot is the rain. There's a, there, you can get CDs that have uh, the sound Thunderstorm. of rain, thunderstorms and rain coming down. And uh, That's that my can favorite. Re- <laughs> that can really help put you to sleep. But some people like the whale sounds. Some people like wolf sounds. Some people like... Rainforest, you know, with the birds, but birds wake me up because we always had birds in the morning. <laughs> okay. But whatever it is, getting some of those, and they have those apps now that you, they have the rain on yeah, them. Yeah. And so lots of things to help us sleep, as well as they do have anger management apps and stress management apps. 
They, they, they do. do. They do. Just throw that uh, out. We haven't mentioned too much about diet. Um, we, we just suggest making uh, the, our diet basically a lean diet. Uh, we realize now that, um, that most carbs are, uh, are detrimental rather than beneficial, and so we try to go low-carb, uh, a little bit higher protein, but a, a decent balance in those things. Now, Dr. Amen. That wrote the books Change Your Life, Change Your Brain, yeah. Change Your Life, Daniel, Dr. Daniel, Daniel Amen. Amen. He right. would say, depending on your personality, some carbs are relaxing. You know, some people, carbs are very relaxing. Well, and that's a good point. You know, technically speaking, uh, carbs help people with like ADD, ADHD symptoms. Yeah. Uh, they need a high, or I'm sorry, high, high protein, low carbohydrate diet. Uh, and because the, carb- the carbohydrates and sugar drive that. Okay. So the only, you know, if you don't know all this, the best way to know is if you have pasta and you feel more relaxed and you would need a nap, you know, and a lot of people, especially at Thanksgiving, because turkey has tryptophan in it. it that's does. very relaxing. So does chicken. If you have chicken and turkey and you get tired and, you know, kind of want to take a nap, then that would be a good thing to have late at night or, you know, but yeah. not too long before bed. If pasta or bread relaxes you. If it makes you feel bad about yourself and you don't feel very good and kind of grumpy, then you know you're not the one that carbs help you right. make you feel more relaxed. Right. And so that's the best thing. Now, when we get back, since you are the stress specialist, I want <laughs> yeah. you to... That's because I've been so stressed. <laughs> <laughs> I had to figure a way out. Oh, my gosh. You're like the epitome <laughs> of stress management. Um, I want you to go through some relaxation, how people can relax. Because when they're with family... And in that moment, and they're really wanting to do well and enjoy themselves, there are some things that you can do to quickly change the chemistry and relax from anger, irritability, um, and be able to change to relaxing chemicals that you feel very chilled. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in just three minutes or three seconds, and so we're going to take you through those. But one of the things that makes this show very different today is we're going to go through anger distortions. What drives the anger? What causes the anger so that getting a different perception will take it away Mm -hmm. just by understanding these anger distortions. So stay here. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll go through relaxation and anger distortions so that you can release the anger for a wonderful holiday season. See you right back here. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Most married men experience frustration because there are things they want from their wives but don't know how to get them. Nothing seems to work. Desires are unfulfilled, fantasies unrealized, and relationships become stagnant. Men are desperate today for a richer, deeper, more satisfying, and intimate marriage. Dr. Jim Slaughter teaches men how to have the passionate, fulfilling marriage they've always wanted. Call 817-991-4964 or email jslaughterphd at yahoo.com to begin transforming your marriage into what you want it to be. Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Fort Worth, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to lifesolutionscoachingandcounseling.com or email them at lifesolutions.com. 
www.innovationcc at yahoo.com. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. This is Ann Beal, and I have Dr. Jim Slaughter here, stress and anger specialist, helping us prepare for a wonderful holiday season with our family by coming up with anger alternatives, releasing anger, stress management, preparing now so that you can have a wonderful holiday and not let the anger and stress overwhelm you and get in the way of wonderful relationships. You know, Ann, I love being on your show. We uh, sit here with a cup of coffee at the table <laughs> with 100,000 or more listeners out there, and uh, it's kind of fun to do this, and I appreciate you asking me to do it. Well, the environment is very calming, isn't it? Yeah, I it like is. that, and yet I love the music because it's very lively, right? <laughs> right, right? And so if you get the right tone, it feels wonderful. Mm-hmm. So you are going to take us through relaxation so that people can learn when they're stressed, when they're feeling that anger moving up inside of them because it starts low, and it works its way up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so we want you to know that you can feel it as it's coming before it comes and when you feel that tell us some things that they can do or okay. if they know ahead of time so we talked about doing some you know exercise sleep diet um we haven't mentioned oh healthy pleasures yeah we ha- i was going to mention that as a form of relaxation though so that would be the fourth and the fourth of the four well, share. Uh, pillars of health. Yeah. We mentioned exercise and sleep and diet. And then there's a fourth one that I, I really love. It's called healthy pleasures, or at least that's what I call it. Um, and it really has to do with um, activities that are, that, that are fun for you, a person. And activities, things that you do that, uh, that, that are fun, things that take your mind away from the present, uh, the, the stress, the worries, the, and, and not just that, but uh, the normal uh, activities that drive your life. And uh, so that's a, that's a real way of, um, of relaxing. And, uh, you know, some illustrations or some, some examples of that, rather, would be uh, uh, reading, reading a novel. Reading a novel. Yeah, so, and some people like to walk, you know, through the park or, in the, you know, walk their dog or walk with their partner or whatever. And that's a form of, that's a healthy pleasure for a lot of people. Um, some people have hobbies that are healthy pleasures. They, uh, they collect things or they refinish antiques and they'll walk through an antique store and they can just lose themselves in there and, and uh, feel refreshed when they get through. And so it's that kind of thing that becomes a healthy pleasure. And when you talk about fun and when I talk about fun, they're really different. <laughs> they're very different. And so part of it is when you're a couple, you have to realize that often you have fun in different ways. I mean, there are ways you have fun together. But you both need to have fun. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I think of fun, I think of hiking at Eagle Mountain Lake. Right. I think of going to the Ra- Malibu racetrack and driving those cars. <laughs> right. right? right. I, th- I think of playing tennis with my friends or volleyball, which is so fun. And most people don't, I don't know if you know what volleyball is, but it's volleyball inside on a racquetball court and you use all the walls. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy fun. Right. Yeah, it is. And so doing things with groups of people for fun, flag football. Right. When you're not very good, it's fun. Bowling is fun. You know, when you put the racks down, the bumpers. Yeah. Okay. And you have the strobe lights going. And so you come up with these games. Like, okay, you have to bounce it off two sides. Yeah. Okay. Because if you don't have the bumpers, okay, you have good days and you have bad days. And you always have somebody who never gutters. 
right? And those, that's serious. Like, I don't know, 175, 220, whatever. And you're sitting there, bail, you know, bowling 80, feeling like a miserable human being. That does not make it fun. And so <laughs> when you make it, you shake it up and you do things different, you know, even pool can be fun, right? Can be a lot of fun. Pool, you know, like yeah, yeah, pool. yeah, playing pool, right. <laughs> doing polo. Okay, guys, I have allergies. Pool. Swimming <laughs> pool. So when I cough, understand? I just have allergies <laughs> off and on right now. Um, and so doing fun things helps get the stress out. Yeah, yeah the funny thing is though, yeah, I uh, I almost always at one point ask guys who come to see me for whatever. I'll say, you know, what do you, what do you do for fun? And I can't tell you oh, how many guys goodness. will say fun. Uh, gee, I don't know. I haven't I had fun since too. I was a teenager. Yeah. And so you're thinking, wow, this guy needs to have some fun in his life, you know. And so then we go over some things that can help relieve stress and, and, and dilute anger uh, that are things that were, are enjoyable for him, that make him happy, that the feeling, uh, those feelings come over him and, and uh, something that can take his mind to another place. Well, you know, in Fort Worth, what's kind of funny is, you know, Dallas, they wouldn't dare do this, right? But when we moved to Fort Worth, one of the funniest things, because we were in a very... Um, highfalutinarian Dallas and uh, went to a lot of mm, expensive, fancy Easter egg hunts where people dress up. It was just insane. But we got to Fort Worth and one of the funniest things was the first thing that we, we went to was this, you know, picnic with friends and coworkers and they had a baby pig and they had, <laughs> they had a flag on the tail of the pig. And we had to try to catch it. And, and it comes off. If you grab it, it would come off. And so, and it was in kind of a muddy area. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? This is crazy. But it, you know, and I was just like, wow, this is different. Right? And so, trying to catch that pig, pigs are not easy to catch. No, they're not. And that little, I mean, little bitty pigs. It was the funniest thing. And I so wish we would have videotaped it. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my family would never believe this. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and so, we talk about that. It was one of the funniest things we did. And so, when you, when you have those things, and you never know what is fun, you know, you could go to Walgreens and play with their Christmas toys things that talk and um the elvis you know it's hilarious when you do it so whatever you find that makes you laugh or that feels you know i have people that that hike at eagle mountain like just say they feel so serene they feel so um they feel joy in a way that they haven't felt you know the beauty of it and Mm -hmm. the exercise one of the things that i find though when people are stressed or in a bad mood you go walking with them Within 10 minutes, they're different because it changes the chemistry. Yeah, that's true. The chemistry changes, and it is a chemical thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason we get stressed, the reason we get angry is because all these weird chemicals are getting, being shot into our bloodstream because of stressors. And so we need to know how to deal with that. And so, so taking your family for a walk, um, and one of the things that my family did um, after dinner was go for a walk. And so going for a walk, it was very pleasurable. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you find by the time you're done with the walk, things feel really good and you can sleep well. Mm -hmm. And so healthy pleasures are so important. And we do a lot of fun things together. Mm -hmm. And we have friends that do fun things. And, I mean, CrossFit in itself was crazy fun because it was so ridiculous in some ways. Yeah, there were were some times (laughs) it doesn't feel real fun. We were always like, wow, we can't even believe we did that. Um, And we'd all come home as a family and sleep really well. 
Right. You do that, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, what I wanted to move on into that was the, the that's the, the the pillars of health thing, and the healthy pleasures was a, also kind of a relaxation thing that we do. I want to mention several other things though. One is is called deep muscle relaxation, and this is a uh, a strange but interesting phenomenon because whenever we tighten a muscle group, say our arms, our forearms, and biceps, or our our back, or our legs, thighs shoulders, even our facial muscles, whenever we do that, and and hold it for seven seconds, tighten it up as tight as you can, make a fist, tighten it as tight as you can, seven second count, release that, let them, let the, your muscles go. Uh, what happens is that the, uh, the tension in the muscle is reduced below where it was before you tightened and did the tightening exercise. And so one of the things you can do is start from the top of your head and begin tighten, you know, with muscle groups like your facial muscles, uh, like your shoulders, like your chest, your back, your arms, legs, thighs, and, and tighten them, hold it for seven seconds, let it go. And this is one of the best, it's called deep muscle relaxation. It's one of the best relaxing exercises that you can do. And it gets it out over time too. If you start now doing that every day, I mean, if you feel like you're worried about the holidays or you're worried about your behavior with the family, or you really want to make sure that, you know, you don't mess up things over the holidays, um, and you can start doing that deep muscle relaxation now, just laying down and sure. tightening as best as you can from head to toe. Right, head to sure. toe. Because mm-hmm. when you force, that's forcing the muscles to relax. Right. And you force a lot of the stress and adrenaline out of you. Right. Now, there's a there's a similar thing not not that you, most people don't know that they can actually, if they especially if they practice it, they can actually will themselves to relax. And I mean by that, I mean you 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 begin to relax and. Um, as you, as you practice this, you imagine that your arms are just going limp. You let them go limp. And, they're, you're, and imagine that the energy is draining out of your arms and out of your legs. Uh, I've had people actually say, wow, my, my, my arms and my hands are getting warm now. And, and the temperature in the room hasn't changed. It's the nature of their chemistry, body chemistry that's changed. It's making them feel warmer and, and, not, and, and better, giving them a better relaxed feeling. So that can happen as well. I love, every time I'm getting my blood pressure taken, I love doing these relaxation things. I will look down, <laughs> yeah. and I will start breathing in through my nose mm-hmm. and out through my mouth real slowly, right. um, and, or even closing my eyes and relaxing. And every time, they go, wow, your blood pressure, your blood pressure is really good. <laughs> and so I look forward every time to hearing the number, so like I try to beat that number, <laughs> right, right? right? And it's amazing how quickly you can do that. Well, you can, and that's another that's another relaxation <laughs> technique. Uh, we call it deep breathing, and you know you, the old adage: uh, when you get mad, count to ten. Uh, there, there is a lot to that actually. But what we do is we add deep breathing with that, and so we recommend that people do ten deep breaths, take ten deep breaths. In between the inhalation and exhalation, they hold it for a second, and then they let it out. And you mentioned breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. And I haven't done the research on this, but I've heard that uh, just breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth uh, is a de-stressing um Exercise just in that in itself. And so, well, they say that it causes the relaxation chemicals by breathing in through your nose because it goes to your brain. Right. That it signals the brain to set off a re, you know relaxation chemical. Right. And the slower you do that, the longer your breaths are, the more relaxation chemical is set off. Right. And so I do see that when I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And um and part of it is I never could count to ten. 
I, I couldn't because I would get angry so fast. I mean, and I, something would trigger me, um, and I, I couldn't. And so what I started doing is in the midst of it, doing the deep breathing. Why um, I feel my adrenaline racing or my heart racing or whatever, I would start deep breathing. Right. And, um, you know, some people put their hands on their hips, so they do things like that. And it help, actually, that helps you breathe better because it opens up your lungs. So yeah, if you can just take a moment, it doesn't matter if people are around, and breathe slowly, deeply, just slow down your breathing, mm-hmm. you will find that your heart rate goes down. Now, one of the things as well as just walking out of the room, getting mm-hmm. away from the person for a moment, you get them out of your sight, immediately your blood pressure goes down, your heart rate goes down, right. and the stress decreases. Often that's the best thing to do. If, if you have an opportunity without making a scene, just walk away, leave, take a walk around the house or out and go out in the backyard or the front yard go or something bathroom. like that. Go to the bathroom. Say, oh, i got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just give it give it a few minutes, you know, and you're right. The, there's a, actually a stress cycle that we haven't dealt with or talked about, and I don't intend really to do that. It's just that <clears throat> that reverses the stress cycle so that rather than having stress build up, it goes down. Well, so I don't want you to not mention the anger distortions because right. ha- we have to get to that. Yeah, this is a very important part of anger management. And uh, honestly, it's the part that I think when you go through all of the stuff that we do with clients, this is the thing that helps people when they really understand this and begin working on this. It helps them turn it around uh, because it, it, it lets them know what's actually happening with them, okay? Well, and, and let's just say that we've had quite a few people, and we live in a very calm wonderful town, mm-hmm. small, um, and it's just like quaint. It's like the quaint, just American town. Um, and yet, we've had people <laughs> carrying a gun in their car or a golf club in their car or a baseball bat in their car. They're the most laid-back people, but when they get in their car, the road rage comes out, right? And so, I don't know if you've ever been in the car with somebody that someone pulled in front of them and then they just like turn into this monster and start driving like crazy and cussing them out or yelling and you're like, oh my God, let me out, let me out, right? right. What, what happens though is they, that's an anger distortion. They believe something about that person that's not true because that person wasn't probably even paying attention, didn't even know they cut them off. Well, they believe they did something, they were being disrespectful or they don't care about that person or whatever, You know, and that's an anger distortion. So for me, definitely living in L.A. and living in Detroit and some of the places I've lived where I got out there and I had no idea the traffic was insane. And I got flipped off by more women than I ever. I never had women flip me off. I mean, I was not. I was from Arkansas. Like, oh, my gosh. And there are so many angry women in L.A. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And so me learning what it really what really meant, what was really going on and these anger distortions changed my life. Well, I'm glad you said that. You know, they're very, very important. And I wanted to go over them. There are six six anger distortions. And really what it is is distorted thinking that produces or magnifies the anger in us, okay? And and, uh, the truth is that uh, these distortions, the way we think about things, takes us an angry direction. And you don't have to do that. The first one that I talk about is blaming. Uh, Distortion is we've got to find fault with, with somebody has to be at fault here. And when I blame somebody like that and when I'm focusing on blaming it's your fault you did this you made me this way you made me angry you da 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 or you did this when we try to find fault that's distorted thinking you know we don't it, often there's no fault there's nobody's at fault you know there's no, nobody really to blame and they, we still blame somebody it's finding fault and if we can back off of that we realize hey you know what I'm blaming Joe when 
you know, all that does is make me mad. Yeah. And so we back off of that and we decide, okay, you know, I'm not going to blame anybody. I'm not going to be thinking like that. So that's one of the anger distortions, distorted thinking. I've got to blame somebody when things happen that I don't like. Uh, It's got to be somebody's fault. It's a false sense of control. Yeah, absolutely. But Mm -hmm. really, if it's someone else's fault, then you don't have any control. Right. You don't have any control. And uh, the truth is, sometimes, often we, uh, people who, who use this or have this distortion, they will blame somebody else in order to move the fault from themselves to another guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see it with disappointment a lot. It's nobody's fault. And it's yeah, weird right. because it's like, why, what are you, why are you blaming someone? It doesn't even make sense that that person's or that I'm or you or whatever, because someone blamed themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to do that. You, all that does is fuel the fire mm-hmm. of our anger. So back off of blaming. And, you, you know, so these things you, we just have to begin, if we really want to work on them, then we have to think about them and, and, and intentionally back away. Number two is uh, catastrophizing. Is a, and actually that is a word. Magnifying. It means magnifying, right? Making things. It's, it's, it's making mountains out of molehills. It's, it's making something so much bigger than it really is. And, and often people will do that. That's a distortion. It's distorted thinking. Uh, most of the things that set us off are much smaller than it's, they seem to be. That's what I did last night. That's why I couldn't sleep. Okay. Because okay. of the homestead tax thing. When they said, no, you had to move in on January 1st. Well, and I was like, that makes no sense. Everybody has to move in on January 1st so they don't get a homestead exemption the whole year. And you were like, <clears throat> I'm sure we can just call and blah, blah, blah. And, but I couldn't sleep. And so you were saying later, you're magnifying, you're catastrophizing. I was like, whatever. But you were right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, we tend to do that. And, and some things are, are triggers that are bigger than others that make us do that. It seems like the sky's falling. The end is in sight. You know, the world's pay, in sight. I, you know? I, played, I played Chicken Little in my church <laughs> well, you know how to do that really well, then. Huh? Okay. No, wait, I got better. So, you know, we, we need to realize when we're making too much out of something. And and, uh, and some people just tend to do that. And we need to back off of that. I mean, journaling. Of, journaling helps that, journaling though, to get helps perspective. A lot. Or simply the, the positive self-talk by thing, saying things like, I can get through this. This isn't as bad as it seems. I will make it. I'll get through this. Okay. Positive self-talk like that instead of, you know, the negative, it's the end of the world. Or looking know. back to history on what worked. Yeah, and that's a very important thing to do, uh, you know, that, uh, and it, it's the key to some of these. I don't know how much time we'll have to get into that. A third is what we call inflammatory language or, and or global labeling. Uh, it really means... You na- jerk. <laughs> yeah, it's name calling, right? Name calling. Name yeah. calling. And so, uh, the, the, believe it or not, name calling fuels our anger. And it's distorted thinking, you know. And uh, we, there are things uh, on the, uh, you know, among these, the blaming and, and, and the name calling, things like that, that uh, we just need to say, you know what? I'm striking that from my vocabulary. I'm not doing that anymore. Well, and, you know, I've had somewhat... Um, uh, arrogant people maybe tell me that it is just a small vocabulary that people um, who can't describe their vocabulary is not big enough to describe their emotion and tell you what exactly you did wrong uh, that their their emotions are so immense and so intense they can't think of a word so they just use a filler mm-hmm. but it really when you when you label somebody instead of labeling what happened or what you need or what went wrong instead of just talking about the event instead of just 
labeling the person, right? Then you're attacking the person. You're not solving the problem. And even their character, you know, which is worse. And so, and they know, get defensive, and it just causes right. a fuel to the fire. I think we need to realize that name-calling is a knee-jerk reaction. It's a harmful knee-jerk reaction, and it's an infantile knee-jerk reaction that's infantile. harmful. Right? You put it all together, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I'm just... I've just said, you know, I'm not going to do that. And people know? learn this from their childhood. I mean, you learn sure. this from the people around yeah, you. Yeah, we're taught that. If right. they, you know, in the media, they started saying the F word all the time about 20 years ago. And now, and it was so shocking then. And it's just a filler word that wastes mm-hmm. time and fuels anger. And so you hear it all the time. People have gotten to the point. And eventually, you know, because it's out there all the time, people will just do that. And they will... Uh, call people names and and it doesn't help like even calling racist racist that does not handle the problem and it doesn't talk about the issue all it does is inflame people and get them upset and it's not a resolution in any sort of way and it doesn't cause conflict resolution and people cannot be friends and families cannot be okay if you call them names right and that racist thing is usually it's a misuse of the word uh, I know we got to hurry through this, but uh, a fourth is is misattribution. That is jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Often we we jump to conclusions. We think that the guy was thinking this and he wasn't, or we think this is happening and it wasn't. Uh, and and uh, if I'm uh, having an appointment for lunch and the person's late showing up, you know the person, you know, you might be thinking, oh wow, uh, maybe they don't care about me. They don't. They forgot the appointment, or, or they don't like respect that. my time. Don't respect my time. Yeah, stuff like that. But and it's so we should start getting mad because you know? most people that are late. Most people that are late can barely get themselves where they need to go throughout the day. They just have a hard time. They have, or they have time issues where they will say they can get from here to the mall in 10 minutes when we know it's 30 minutes away. Yeah, right. They just have this time problem. And so it isn't about you. Most of the time when people do something stupid, it has nothing to do with you. But the misattribution is you jump to conclusions that are doing it on purpose to you for a specific reason, and it's not true. Right, right. And often it can be, they, I mean, you know, who knows? They could have a flat tire. They could do whatever, and they, for whatever reason, are prevented from calling you and letting you know, and you, they just are in trouble or whatever. And if we begin thinking that way, the reason this person's late and he's not here, I'm disappointed, but they may be in trouble. And so it gives, it makes us compassionate towards them rather than angry towards them. Yeah, to understand them is so important. Yeah, or, or even sort out the possibilities. Right. And so, you know, that's that's misattribution, jumping to conclusions. Uh, another one is overgeneralization. It's really um, exaggerating, okay? <laughs> uh, using absolutes. You always do this. You never do this. You're just like your mother. You're just like your dad. Isn't that horrible? Oh, Don't yeah, you so. wish that when people said that they're talking about the good qualities of mom, the like good qualities <laughs> yeah, They never that. are, though, right? <laughs> not, <laughs> not usually. And so, again, it's inflaming. Yeah, um, yeah. When you, And it hurts the person because you're saying that whatever it is that usually hurt them about their parents or a family member or a friend or whatever— they were damaged by that. And that may be the only thing that that parent did wrong. But right. what you're pointing out is they're doing that exact thing. And all it does is inflame and add fuel. Right. It, again, doesn't cause a good holiday. That's that's true. Now, the last one is what we call, what I call demand, the demanding, commanding uh, trait. Uh-oh. And this is a person who demands and commands that you do it their way or you're just flat wrong. It's my way is the only right way. Well, they also, the speech, they leave out the whole sentence. They shorten it like they're talking, commanding a dog, come here, or 
do this instead of saying, would you do this? Would you help with this? You're not asking. You're not having a conversation. You're demanding right. or you're commanding. And you're not the boss or you're not the judge and you're not the policeman. And you're not always right. And I had a problem when we started learning how to train our dogs and they taught us to, you know, use these short phrases. And these are the phrases you use with the dog. I remember the first time I said to my daughter, come here. And she goes, what? I'm not a dog. <laughs> yeah. And she got so upset. And I was like, Wow. Okay, you know, and you start learning that when you do that with people, it's very offensive to them. Yeah, it is. They, they, they feel second rate. But the thing about the demanding and commanding stuff is that uh, often uh, people do this over, for arbitrary things. It's arbitrary. I mean, it is, this way is as good as that way. It just, it, who cares? Yeah. You know? like, and yet to some people, it makes a huge difference that you do it their way. Those are perfectionists, right? Uh, yeah. Somewhat. Um, or they're the controllers. <laughs> this shows up. This shows up in all kinds of different things. Now, what we haven't had time to do was tell people what to do about these, how to get out of this. Well, Maybe we can do a follow-up show or something. And do but that. to do those, I mean, I think part of it is understanding when you understand these distortions that you're doing that. And I know for me to realize I was doing demanding, commanding when I upset my kids. Um, that I don't that you do, that doesn't work, and um, it works for dogs because you say their name and then you tell them what to do. But it's not so much for creating a good family relationship no, and no. definitely a good holiday. Right. Um, and so by understanding catastrophizing, magnifying, inflammatory language, calling names instead of talking about the issue, um, misattribution, jumping to conclusions, assuming the, really, instead of giving people the benefit of the doubt by understanding, honestly, most people are just trying to get through the day. And, and they're, they're doing struggling. the best they can. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, overgeneralizing, exaggerating, um, always and never, those cause fights because everyone can say, no, I didn't do it this time. So you just create an argument and demanding, commanding. And so we want you to have a great holiday season. Now, one of the things I want to let you know about is next week, um, next week's Veterans Day. And so we're going to talk to Jeff Meek, the veteran historian um, who send, uh, records veterans' stories that happened in World War II or wherever right. and sends them to the Library of Congress. And he is going to, we're going to go see him in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And it'll be a wonderful show. And then the next week, we're having the Beam family. Christy Beam, Kevin Beam, and Annabelle Beam, who fell 30 feet down headfirst in the middle of a tree that rotted out um, and uh, lives to tell about it and was healed and nothing was wrong with her. So it's a great story. Mm -hmm. um, and it's from the book Miracles from Heaven. And they have a movie coming out. And Jennifer Garner is going to play Christy. I think Keith Henderson's playing the dad. I don't know who's playing Annabelle. But we are going to meet with them and it'll be wonderful. So you guys have a wonderful holiday season. Work with Anger Alternatives and Stress Management. Listen to the shows that we have on that and have a wonderful holiday season. We look forward to seeing you here same time next week. Talk to you Take later. Care. Live well. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 